the dance between darkness and light will always remain. The stars and the moon will always need the darkness to be seen. The darkness will just not be worth having without the moon and the stars. Welcome to Inside the Chinese Mind, the podcast for learning how to work cross-culturally with China business and with Chinese people and about China business development. Your hosts, Dr. Helen Jung from Cambridge, United Kingdom, and Darren Fuchs from Thompson Gear Lawyers in Australia. Hi, Helen. How are you? Very good, Darren. I love That's this poetic good. opening of this it episode, is. Darren. I see Joy Bell is a quote from uh, some writing by him, which is fantastic. And once again, a quick short recap on Yin Yang. So Yin Yang is like Socratic thinking is the operating system of the Western mind. Yin Yang is the operating system of the Chinese mind. It's not dialectic. It's based on a dynamic pendulum where there is no absolute right or wrong. And by having that, you have so many more options constantly before you where you're looking at the balancing of things and determining what is the right position to be in at the moment, considering the balance between all the different continuums. Yeah, sure. The um, the next um, uh, point to remember is that instead of the black and white in the standard or traditional Western thinking, Chinese focus more on balancing. So balancing yeah. yin yeah. and yang, two forces, or the weak and the strong, uh, yeah. or the opposites of what seemingly to be two extremes or conflicts to achieve harmony. Yeah. Which is a really great process because you don't get stuck in one position. And as the world changes or the situation changes, you're able to move and adapt to the change position very quickly. Sure. Yeah. Which brings us to the next point where for the Western thinking, things need to be more fixed and immutable. Where yes. for the Asian or Chinese yin yang thinking, uh, changes the only constant and yes. also they allow many continuums. They can hold many continuums all at once, simultaneously. All at once, yeah. yeah. Yeah, all in the mind, all at once. Yeah. Yin and yang neither compete nor conflict each other. They complement each other. And that, to me, means it's not like you're going to yin or you're going to yang. You're actually going uh, and, and having both applying at the same time. So it's a question of balancing not question of balance, but balancing. Sure. You're constantly trying to keep in that, or trying, or constantly working to be in a balanced position, but you're always balancing. Mm. And yin and yang neither compete nor conflict. They complement each other. It is a question of balancing, not balance. It's a process, a dynamic state of balanced movement. The process is rhythmic and not linear or cyclic. And that really, it makes the difference to me to understand that yin-yang thinking is not going to a position, but accepting that there are many positions and operating on the basis that all these options are open all the time and you can sure. switch between them. In our previous podcast, we covered the first of the six stages of the development of the higher business model, which was from 1984 to 1991, the self-organizing teams or what was referred to as the water drop. Now we start on the second stage from 1991 to 1998, which was called The Creek and deals with 
diversification yes. versus productivity from 1991 to 1998. What happened there? Um, well, at that time, um, hire is already the white good market leader. So it's a matter of, you know, what do we do from now? Are we, do we concentrate on increasing production of these fridges, you know, which is they, they're expected in the market and the government, everyone's saying you're doing so well and just keep doing this. Yes. Um, but also another opportunity came along because that, that's the time where the government is transforming and reshaping uh, a lot of the um, the market. So the Chinese market is changing from a controlled market where everybody is, uh, every business is a state-owned enterprise yes. to a uh, half market-controlled economy. Yes. So yes. there are a lot of failing or non-performing or un- unperforming uh, businesses. So the government SOEs. was saying, yeah, SOEs, and the government was saying, oh, you've done so well with this factory. Can you mm. also help with all these others? Uh, which, you know, they have good IP mm. and they can produce mm. uh, other white goods like air conditioners, dishwashers, um, you know, small um, electrical appliances. Yeah, but in a low-quality format. What they're producing were those products, but uh, they had good IP, but they had not so good quality upper management and disillusioned and disinterested workers. So yes. what did he do there? Um, well, I think um, it came out that Yuan Mianmian, who is the uh, second in charge, she really pushed on, let's just keep focusing on, mm. you know, increasing our production of fridges and, and keep doing what we do well. But yeah. um, Zhang Rimin actually did something else. He said, well, if we apply what we have done here with our people, with our management process, with our culture, yeah. we can actually yeah. change those SOEs into successful businesses. And that was a big risk for him to take at that stage because he was already successful, looking good, and now he's taking on something that's a much wider company, a diversified company, as opposed to a single product company. But that's the yin-yang thinking, which yeah. is anything has two sides and anything can yeah. transform between the two. So yeah. today they could be you know, poor, uh, lack of good managers, but tomorrow if we apply this, if we give them help, if we empower these businesses, they can become equally successful. Yeah, and of course he did make them equally successful over that seven or eight year period, picking those companies up uh, and picking them up for zero dollars, but bringing them in and then uh, completely changing the thinking of upper management into delegating authority into the self-organizing teams uh, and applying the model of people uh, taking care of their own, being responsible for their own areas into those, uh, those companies as well. Indeed. Yeah, and and also that way of going into becoming a general white's good manufacturer is similar mm-hmm. to what Amazon has done, what Porsche has done, uh, what Lamborghini is now doing, uh, uh, what Rolls Royce is doing by putting out SUV vehicles instead of just saloons, um, and a number of other companies are doing to widen the mm-hmm. products they they produce, but still mm-hmm. applying the same manufacturing process or the same management style. Right. 
So they must and, be in young companies. Porsche is a Porsche is a in young company. <laughs> Yeah, um, as I said before, um, Darren, I think the great thinkers, uh, they all tap into the same pool. And the strategic yeah, I think so. thinking, there's universal truth. We can't truth. We can't really just claim yin yang is China and China only. <laughs> as we learned in previous uh, podcasts, that it, uh, yeah. it was originally part of Greek, uh, Greek uh, um, uh, epistemology as that well. was then uh, replaced yeah. by Socratic thinking. Yeah. There you go. And you look at, you look at Amazon. What Amazon originally was was a uh, a company set up to sell books on the internet. Mm, yes, because yes. and that because books were already catalogued mm. and would easily be converted into a catalog on a website. Right. And Amazon started as merely selling books. Then uh, I think at that stage listed, and then expanded into selling anything and everything. So mm. it took the same model of management, the same model of business, and applied it across the board. And that's why Porsche as well. Um, I think uh, uh, just selling the 911 Porsche car, mm. they were almost mm. bankrupt. They brought in a new model, which was the Boxster. Uh, right. and, uh, and the Porsche family had to put their own private money in to make that mm. happen because the Porsche was going bankrupt. And they saved the company with that. And, of course, they brought in other models like the SUV models, which now account for something like half of all Porsches on the road. So they've certainly wow. expanded their base by taking the model and expanding it. And that yin-yang thinking, that is yeah. yin-yang thinking in that, you don't just look at what you're good at and stick at it, mm. but you look at every day or every second how the world is different and yeah. where you should be on the pendulum right. of that. Should you be just producing one thing or many things? And in this case, Mr. Jung had the opportunity thrown to him and he took that opportunity because Yin Yang thought, thinking mm. said to him, I can go further than what I'm doing and do more things, mm. which was great. And by that, he did not just ignore um, the fridge market. He went on anyways to continue capturing and keep the quality of his fridge and expanding yeah. market share. And I think at that same time, he moved to strategic business units, not just self-organizing teams. So setting up units that were responsible for certain functions in the, in the business, uh, either for a particular product or a new innovation or for HR services delivery or something else, and made those, that SBU a self-motivating, self-organizing team. And that laid the foundation for the next stage. Yeah, which was? <laughs> which was the market chain, um, which yeah. the river, it's a river analogy. So uh, this I find is quite uh, fascinating, um, Darren, that from the first stage where um, from the bankrupted, no future to a uh, quality fridge manufacturer that yes. was called the water drop. Um, yep. And uh, the next phase is called the creek. Which so is the diversity they, and productivity. Yeah. Yes. And then we're now yeah. moving into the third phase where uh, it's between 98 to about 2005. It's the river. Oh. The analogy yes. there is the river. What happened there was Mr. Jung uh, looked very much at the links between the production stages, so uh, the, the chain of production. So the link between production, marketing, sales were, used, were previously in many companies merely seen as the handing of the output of one to the input of the next stage. And I remember when I was working uh, with a mining company many years mm. ago as in-house counsel mm. and they'd uh, just started a new mine. Mm. And it was an underground mine. So the team that produced the coal underground mm. 
mm. was completely separate from the team that conveyed the coal up to the surface and completely separate from the team that then processed the coal through a wash plant to make it a sellable item. Right. And the team then that would then arrange for and load the coal onto shipment onto trains, which would then go for shipment. There was those four stages. And of course the last stage was also the marketing group, which would work out you know, when they wanted to have the coal move from the mine site to the port uh, and then so and then load it on ships. And I remember one time when I was there, how there was a wash plant team mm. had passed a message down to the production team at the ground saying, We've got too much coal on the stockpile. Can you slow down? Because we can't produce it. And right. what did the underground people do? Well, they just mm. increased their production to make it harder for the guys on the surface. <laughs> <laughs> a clear indication that these things, these elements in the production chain or the whole company chain, whether it's HR, whether it's it's accounting, whether it's it's production, whether it's sales, et cetera, tend, we're, we're able to see that the output from one was merely the input to the next stage and not seeing a link between them. So what did Mr. Jung do? I understood that he moved from this uh, value chain, so he's reverted the, he let the market um, sort of almost uh, dictated, determined what to be produced, and then he organized the team accordingly. So what he did then was actually shift from a, profit-focused culture to a customer-orientated and market-driven culture. So what he did was to say to each section, your customer is the next group along the line. So your customers Mm. are actually everyone else in the company who uses your output. Mm. So he would then require uh, a group that was producing some output to, to supply that to the next chain, link in the chain in the company, who would then review the mm. output, mm. review the quality of it, receive an invoice mm. from the group that produced that item. Right. And then after quality control, et cetera, was performed by the next group in the chain, they mm. would then pay the previous group. So that each group's profitability for their employees, et cetera, mm. depended on how capable they were in supplying the product that their next group in the li- next link in the chain of the company wanted from them. So you can imagine in that scenario, the surface people at the mine site, yeah. part, of the, part of the quality of the product they wanted was the product at the right time to meet their wash plant production capability. So if they weren't doing it in the right phase at the right time suiting what they needed at the wash plant, then they wouldn't be paid or would be paid less. Right. So he made it that the, the each section in the chain in the company found the next section to be its customer. The result Mm. was, if you think of that all the way, flowing through all the way down to the end actual customer of the company, Mm. it ensured that the the last person's, the sales and marketing team, which was most focused on what the customer wanted, would be getting a supply from the company that would match much, much better what the customer wanted. Hence the river analogy. How clever is that? Yeah. Well, this He's is, a clever um, guy. Yeah, this reminds me, um, uh, this is how um, Hire and Zhang Remy made it in the yeah. global, um, you know, almost managerial case study stage is, is the beginning of what he's doing here. In 2005, he talked to a professor from Wharton 
um, a management and sociology professor. Uh, his name is Marshall Meyer about right. this idea, about what he's going to do, about how he's turning the the company through this market-driven, customer-driven model. And the professor right. actually said, this is the best idea I've ever heard of, but it'll never wow. work. Right. But it will never work. <laughs> and John Remy said, Fantastic. well, why don't you come and visit uh, visit me, you know, in the, in, the, in the future and see how it works. So since then, every year, <laughs> he's been paying a visit to hire. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So, and seeing how and seeing yeah. how it's not working so successfully. Right. And to yeah. see if hire is still there. <laughs> because he thinks it's so idealistic and it's so crazily good, it would not work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Darren, if you walk us through maybe the next phase, well, he was visiting every year. <laughs> hey Helen, yeah. I think that's taken us up to two thousand and five. Yeah, where it's a major turn for the company. It's become not just a bankrupt fridge producer. It's mm. become a uh, diversified white goods producer that has self-managing teams that see themselves as being responsible to to the internal customers uh, and not just get paid for turning up, but actually taking on that responsibility internally. Which, sure. once again, as we've talked about, is an element of in young thinking and developed in China first before it was developed anywhere else. Yeah, if we look at it, um, you know, just to come through the analogies from the first phase, higher was a water drop, and then it yes. slowly became a creek, and now at the third phase, it's a river. Yes. So every seven years, it was managed to uh, reinvent itself under the leadership of Zhang. And I think uh, in our next podcast, we'll go through how it become, becomes a lake and then an ocean, and then now it's aiming to become the skies. Hey, podcasts, I think that's enough today. What do you think, Helen? I think so. Um, let's um, uh, pause it here, and next time we can bring everyone up to date as in what's happened and how the professor came and visited higher every year <laughs> exactly. from 2005 for the next 10 years and what's Fantastic. his conclusion and where higher is and how we think that yin yang thinking can be applied here. Excellent. Let's do that. See you next time. All right. Bye, Puckets. Bye-bye. Passengers holding air China boarding pass for connecting flight. Please clear immigration fear.